Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shot up at the buzzer, it's good! Brooks Hall! The place is at the buzzer, the Dayton Flyers! Pandemonium in the Dayton Decibel Dungeon! Sanford cracks all the way up. This is one of the great college basketball venues in the nation, UD Arena. Welcome back to another rousing edition of Talking Out Loud. Happy Friday to you folks. Day later than we usually are, but the show comes out weekly as always. Uh, Joining me today, uh, you know him, you love him, you hate him. Maybe both, maybe a little bit of both. Sully's back. Sully, how are we doing today? Good, good. Fresh off some A10 Twitter beef with Loyola fans today. Back like you never left. Yeah, yeah. We record on Thursday, release on Friday this week, and... um, you know, hey, Loyola fans took some receipts because um, I, you know, I don't know how out in these Twitter streets the people are that listen to the program. Most of them are, but I've been pretty vocal about Loyola. I thought they were a bad ad. I thought they were nearsighted. I thought they had shades of George Mason. And here we are, February fifteenth, recording, releasing to you on the sixteenth. And Loyola Ramblers are tied for first place with the Dayton Flyers. So I was wrong, dead wrong. And I'm, I'll be the first to say I was dead wrong. Uh, I didn't think they were going to sniff the top four for years, literally years. And um, that was not the case. You know, they're, they're playing good ball, um, fundamentally sound ball. And um, I had to eat some crow. But but I think Loyola fans are actually realizing that that A10 Twitter exists. Like we're out in these streets and uh, and there's a lot more Dayton fans on Twitter than Loyola fans. I think they were trying to figure that out, too. Yeah. And, you know. No surprise there. This what is Loyola, the seventh biggest college in Chicago? Yeah, it's it's tiny. Take. I mean, it if uh if you're a Flyer fan, it's traveling there in a couple of weeks. Um, the arena is small. It's nice. Like, don't get me wrong, it's really nice. Um, but it's tiny. It's like three thirty two hundred, maybe. It's right next to their cafeteria. It would essentially be like if Dayton played in a in like the science center next to Kennedy Union. Like that, that is seriously what it is like at Loyola. It's, it's kind of weird, but you know, like you said, they're, they're playing good basketball. I was kind of with you. I was not a believer in theirs in the early part of the a 10 schedule. I thought they benefited from some soft competition, but they've racked up some good wins here lately. Like as stated, they are 10 and two. I think Valentine has got a 10 coach of the year, pretty much wrapped up already. 
Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know. I hate to say it, you coach of the year right now with uh with six games to go. Um, because a lot of people think it should be Grant, and I I can't talk you out of it. Like I cannot talk no, you out of the notion right I now don't that disagree, Anthony Grant but should I be always, coach of the year. Yeah. Like my thing with like especially conference coach of the year stuff, and it kind of trickles its way into the professional ranks. But when a team is projected to be bad, like Loyola was, they were projected to be right. like bottom four or in that range going into the season and they finish well above expectation. A lot of times that coach will weigh out because I think when you're in that room and you discuss it, you go, well, yeah, Grant is a contender, but he also has the best player in the conference. Right. That right. when like that will win him games on a, you know, by nightly basis. So that, I think that, that does hurt in. Grant's case. Yeah. So yeah. like, that's kind of where I was getting that from, but we'll talk about all that later on in the show. When we talk about more of the eight ten. let's talk. You're here to listen to Dayton flyer talk. So let's talk about the Flyers. Uh, they are one and one since we all last uh, got together. Uh, the disappointing loss, and I say disappointing because it is the first time where I was truly, truly like downtrodden at how Dayton had played in a game this year when they lost to VCU. And then they come back and have one of the most complicated wins that a Dayton team has had in quite some time. Uh, I was at the game. They used the power of two very big runs, uh, a 15-2 run towards the end of the first half to grab the lead before halftime, and then a 22 to nothing run in the last six minutes to close out Duquesne. And you, you look at you look at the picture on the scorecard. You see Dayton won by 16. You look at the box score. It all looks you know how it should have gone, like how that game should have went for 40 minutes. And then you look at the game log and the play by play, and you could see that it was anything but. Uh, Sully, you know, you watched the game on television. I was there. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from Dayton's performance on Tuesday? Yeah, I think that's the right question, Astro. Is like, what are the takeaways? Because like the result doesn't matter that much, right? As long as it's a win, yeah. it really does not matter. And and I want that to be abundantly clear, um, because we're at the point now where Dayton's record really doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. If you're like, oh my god, they're twenty and four. That's awesome. It it really is irrelevant at this point. Dayton is a tournament team. Their resume to this point has dictated that. It's cool that they have a volume of wins, but really what we're looking for at this point is the takeaways from those wins or losses, right? And so over the past week, I think, number one, what this did was kind of give you all the reasons that people have been piling up to say, how good is Dayton really, you know? Because they had the eleven game winning streak, you can't you know can't take that away. Or was a thirteen game winning streak? Um, it's thirteen, thirteen, and um and you know it's a volume of wins. You're feeling good. We haven't lost. Then they you know they go to Richmond and they look bad, you know, and they struggled out of the gate against Bonaventure. Then they struggled out of the gate against Joe's. Now they played really solid second halves with good adjustments, good coaching adjustments, in my opinion, and got back to the way that they want to play in both of those second halves. Um, and then in VCU, you saw why people are concerned straight up. Right. And then it kind of lingered into the Duquesne game. But the difference is VCU is probably a fringe tournament team if they had gotten their transfer act together, um, you know, for the non-con. For people that don't know, I'll go a quick aside. VCU had um, the eligibility ruling that you may or may not know about went VCU's way. They got a couple of guys that started playing in January, and that's why they're a much better team than their resume dictates. Like, I, I do feel bad for them because they walked into the conference play at eight and five. And as you know, Flyer fans, 
limping Can't into the conference that. at eight and five is a death wish. You're not getting to the tournament like that. So I, I do have a, a sense of sympathy for them. But VCU is a better team than Duquesne is what I was getting at. And so then, you know, first half on Tuesday night against Duquesne, here we go again. You know, Dayton's forcing shots late in the shot clock. They're putting up too many threes. They're being really um, overly deliberate, and there's just no urgency on offense to get to the rim. And, of course, the obvious is when Holmes is getting the ball 25 feet away from the rim constantly, like that's not the way that Dayton wants to play, just straight up, right? And all those things kind of poke their head out. And so um, – I think it, you know, if if we're gonna treat it as as the needle moving, I'm a little bit more concerned than optimistic for Dayton in March right now because I've said this for a couple of weeks. I've been waiting for them to turn the corner and prove that they're like a dominant team in the conference, and that just hasn't happened, man. It has not happened yet. No, it hasn't. And the counter, I'll play devil's advocate to your point here a little bit. Is would I rather Dayton play how they're playing now? or have that run into them when it we roll around to March. I'd rather have a couple crappy right. games against VCU and Duquesne and St. Joe's at the beginning of February if it means that we're yet to play our best basketball again. And maybe we have played our best basketball. Maybe we played our best basketball in December and early January. We don't know. We'll find out when we get when we get to March, but I would rather be have to work out some kinks at this point of the season then have all this stuff like rear their ugly head when we get to the A-10 tournament or, heaven forbid, the first round of the NCAA tournament. So that's kind of where I net out on that. But you're right. We haven't – and it's something we didn't have a problem with when we were playing very good basketball was when we came out quick, when we started games well. And I it was a point I made on an earlier point of the show uh, earlier this year was Dayton has come ready to play every night. That's no longer the case. That – you know, last four or five games or so, they've come out pretty sloppy. I don't know if it's just the, you know, the wear and tear of playing. Like, you know, we're 25 games into the season now or however many games in the season we are. Maybe guys are getting worn down a little bit. You know, as we talked about the last time we were on the show together, we don't have a lot of depth. So guys are playing a lot of minutes. Right. And right. We're so not you got to wonder, you, you gotta wonder if that's kind of starting to pile up. And that is where winning those blowout like blowing teams out it has an inherent value because you get guys rest you can sneak a game where Nate Santos only has to play 22 minutes or when Duran only has to play 27 or Elvis has to play 25 you know especially for Elvis you know coming off his injury um uh, he just sometimes he just goes MIA in a game right, right. and it, he did it again on Tuesday night where when he goes up, like, and it's not like he's missing open shots or like being aggressive. He's not being aggressive. He's not taking open shots. And I understand right. he can be a frustrating player, but man, when he is going and he's playing well is when Dayton plays their best basketball. So I don't know if the injury and stuff like that is just kind of like wearing on him, but we need to get him going again because Duran's Duran. He's going to give you, he's going to give you what he's got. Every he'll night. get his he'll get yeah, his he'll get yeah. his and to his credit like he plays a lot of minutes and i have never once like looked and observed on the court and went deron's tired have you ever yeah no you don't get have that you ever right. like looked and been like man like deron's gassed i've never right. once had to say that 
So like yeah. he's built for yep. this, but like we need the rest of the guys to kind of get in lockstep with that. But we talked about some of the bad things. Let's talk about some good takeaways from this Duquesne game. I thought Enoch Cheeks played maybe his best game. You know, we'd have to go back and to like look at the film and look at box scores. But just from a recency bias standpoint, I thought Enoch Cheeks played extremely, extremely well. And he's a player that I have seen improve every game. And he right. just seems to bring what this team needs. And we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. Dayton's defense has gotten miles better since conference play has started. And he is a big reason why. Sully, you had an interesting comparison uh, for me when we were talking off air. I would like you to share that on air. Right. So uh, two points here to unpack. Number one, uh, Elvis has like really strong Charles Cook vibes right now, which is freaking me out, man. Yes. Don't remember me. 2017. That's the oh, whole reason they lost Wichita State because he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, as the old guys would say. Um, but I think that that Cheek, you're right. You know, Cheek's a great player. Um, for us, like in this role that he has, like he's not being asked to score 20 a night. He's just an energy guy, and and he's a little bit of uh Chris Johnson he used to play here what 15 years ago when I was in school. And One then, of my uh, favorites. And, and Kyle Davis, right? Because he, he's not quite as good on defense as Kyle Davis, but he has the motor and he can run the fast break, right? Uh, he doesn't shoot as well as Chris Johnson, but he, again, has the motor and he rebounds and he, he he defends really like he's a lanky guy. So he defends like Johnson used to. So I think he, he has a little bit of both of those guys because he's longer than Kyle Davis is. Um, but again, just kind of shows me some of those traits of those two guys. But again, Going back to like big picture takeaways from Duquesne, I think the other thing that that people probably should be picking up on right now is like, what is the version? What is the best version of Dayton basketball right now? Probably like the second half of St. Joe's, maybe, right? Yeah. So the other thing we were talking about right before on air is the one of the biggest things that gives me pause right now. I know we we're gonna do optimism. This is kind of optimistic. I guess it just depends on how you look at it. Is one of the things that I'm very concerned about is I don't know what that best version of Dayton basketball looks like right now. And we haven't seen it consistently, right? Because I looked at Bart Torvik, who does the offensive and defensive uh, efficiency metrics, right? In the non-con, Dayton was sixth in the country in offensive efficiency. They were 167 in, in defense, right? So they were scoring a lot. If you remember the St. John's game was uh, was high scoring. LSU game was high scoring. Even, you know, they're playing some of the, the teams that they beat up on. But Cincinnati, you know, 82-point game, right? So then in A-10 play, right, follow me here, their defense is 15th in the country, okay? And their offense is 58th in the country. So that means that the defense has gotten significantly better over A-10 competition, which is probably better by and large right. night to night than their non-con schedule. But the offense has gotten consistently worse or has been consistently worse. So again, I ask, who is the Staten team? Who's the best version? I don't know if we've seen it yet. I just don't know how good this team is. And that's an absurd thing to say in mid-February. And that's why my needle is just more concerned than optimistic right now. Sure. And it's, I think you can look at it any way you want, really. You can be positive about what you just said and like, well, we haven't played our you best could. basketball yet. Or, yeah, you right. can, or like your, you know, your point of view where you're like, what is our best though? Like, what or are we saying? Our... Dayton could hurt you in different ways. Or they can right. score, but they can defend. They can hold you under and 50, but they can score I think 80. part of, I think part of the 
significant offensive drop you've seen was the natural shooting regression that hit the team. Because like Nate Santos was right. never going to shoot 48% from three. Even Kobe Brea, for as good of a shooter as he is, regression was going to hit him. Right. Like Deron Holmes, he's kind of been pretty steady the rest of the year. Like Bennett's gotten a little bit better, but not enough Still to offset to right. offset the drop that you got from those guys. Elvis was another one who was shooting very well from three. That is regressed. So I think a lot of, like that offensive step back you've seen is just natural shooting regression. Now, yeah, probably you got to have like when the shots aren't falling and what game was it? It was not Duquesne. It was the last game they played at the arena where they weren't making threes. And Grant talked about it in the post game. Like when he was talking to the team that the social tweeted out, was how he talked about like how they grew up because they weren't shooting well from three and they got to the rim. They made free throws. And that's another thing that has kind of gone by the wayside here in the past couple of games has been our free throw shooting, but that's a entirely separate point. And that is kind of where like, what is our go-to if threes aren't falling? Because when we're making threes, we're right. We can play with anyone. I don't care. Who yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. Right. When right. we're when Nate Santos and Kobe Bray and Kobe Elvis are making threes, we'll throw uh, give me anybody, and we may not beat right. the team across from us, but we aren't going to get run out the gym by anybody. no, no, no. The, they can play with anybody. There's no doubt about it. When they're and, shooting forty percent, they can play with anybody. Right, and we haven't, you know, obviously we haven't seen that in a while. Our three point shooting has not been as good as it's been, and it's been especially bad on the road with VCU and Richmond, and also like, and again, like people. This isn't just a Dayton issue. This is a college basketball as a whole issue That's of true. teams teams losing on the road. Go look it up. Like, go look at the record for ranked teams on the road versus unranked opponents. It is the worst winning percentage by a lot in a lot of years, and it it's everywhere in college. Like, teams are you're going to get beat on on the road in college basketball unless you are. A freak, like, and that's the thing. There's none of those teams this year in college basketball. Almost every good team, maybe save for UConn, has lost a bad road game this year. And for Dayton, it's all relative. Like in the in the context of the Atlantic 10. And yes, like people will say, like, yes, Dayton losing to Richmond and VCU on the road is a bad loss, but you just strip away any of that. And it's like Dayton went on the road to the second and fourth ranked team in your conference and lost on the road. By two and by five, would you freak out over that? Yeah, no, no. no. I mean, that's why right. I, I really I haven't said anything negative about like these road right. losses because again, it's like it, who cares? I I don't you know I I mean I hate to be so flippant about it, but I, this is what you're afforded when you have like I think let's back up just like for a second because I've got this a lot on Twitter and I it just hit me yesterday like why this is is people being like. Oh, Dayton fans freak out when they lose, man. And I, I've heard this like from multiple fan bases. These little people were saying it, but like other people have been saying this, like, oh my God, Dayton Twitter just like melts down when they lose. And I'm like, I haven't melted down about anything this year because there's nothing to melt down about. They lost to probably what is the best team in the country or close to the best team in the country in Houston, right? They had a 13 game win streak. And then they lost two road games that any Dayton team over the last 15 years would have lost or could have lost, right? Even the Obi Toppin year, you can always lose a game to a 75 Richmond team, a 72 VCU. That can always happen. And we were just as worried about those games in 2020, right? But yeah. it hit me 
that the reason people think that is because the last three years, all of our losses, we've been walking on the thinnest ice for the at-large. Like, you know, right. we had to battle back from the three losses to begin the year. And, and even last year and the year before, like the last three years, it's been like that because every loss has been like, holy shit, we're fucked, you know? Right. And, and this year, it's the exact opposite. Like, even if Dayton was to, I'm going to say it, even if Dayton was to lose to Fordham on Saturday, there's still like an eight, nine seed in the tournament, you know? Right. I mean, it's a horrific loss, but they're so comfortably in the field right now that, yeah, individual losses shouldn't get you all up in arms. Like I said, and that's why I keep turning the conversation back to it. What we're looking at now is always going to be through the lens of March. How does this team, because that's how everybody looks at you, right? How do we take away Dayton on, in one game, right? In, in just a 40 minute sample set. And, um, and right now to your point, they can attack you at different ways. They play pretty diff put pretty good defense, but I just don't see Dayton doing anything consistently well yet, except um, you know, Daron Holmes getting his. But I but I mean I say that they're shooting the three ball pretty well. Like they're still, you know, they're still yeah. top ten in the country. Um, but it's not night to night, it's not half to half, it's it's pretty inconsistent. And you know, cause for concern. That's all I say. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I, I'm not getting I'm up in arms about losses. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, and and you know, expectations for where Dayton's at kind of sets the tone for how we react to losses. Like you said, last several right. years, these losses have sunk our at-large hopes. Like, yes, the one thing that we want to go do is no longer attainable unless we go do the thing that we haven't done in 20 years, which is still just the gigantic black cloud hanging over this program. Right, and if I may, the. Like, I remember how angry I got. It was one of those come to Jesus moments when we were doing the podcast when we lost to Fordham in 2021 in, I think it was in January, maybe. Yeah. Um, it was early in the season because we had just lost to LaSalle. Yes, it was. It was the first week of January. And I remember being so pissed off about that game because I knew the next two months were going to be completely meaningless and they were. So yeah, I melted down about shit like that. Not about this, not about losing to Richmond and losing by two to VCU and you know, five C Dayton. No, 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 right. No, and there's no reason to lose sleep. And that's exactly the point is our expectations now are for when we get to the first weekend in March. And that is where a lot of our focus when we're looking at this Dayton basketball team is going to lie. It's not going to lie in the the night to night, week to week, like you know the Fordham game on Saturday. It you know I hope we go out and win by twenty. It's what I expect them to do. It's what they should right. do. You're playing they a bad should. team at home, um, yeah. And you go out, handle your business. There's not going to be a lot to take away from it. You know we they right. could go out. Right. They could go out and put on the greatest three point shooting display that the University of Dayton has ever seen. They could score a hundred. I'll still come on the show the next week and be like, well, let's see it again or something. Well, do you, you remember like, like close 27. Yeah. You remember like 2017. This, this make this reminds me of it. And he, here's the other thing. Okay. That's the last thing I'll say on this is if you've been listening to this show for, let's say since Anthony Grant was the coach, you probably do think we're like heinously negative towards the program because we haven't been playing relevant ball for like most of the season during Grant's tenure. So there hasn't been a whole lot of sunshine and rainbows because we're going to continue to tell it like it is. And the way that it is over the five out of the first six seasons here was bad. Right. So I, again, 
it kind of hit me in the face the other day where I was like, we've picked up fans as the years have gone along, right? Sure. And if you are a recent fan that's listened to us for now five years, which isn't all that recent, I could begin to understand why you would think I'm super negative, but I'm really not. I'm just realistic and sometimes to a fault, but generally that's going to, you know, water finds its level, Drew, and we, we certainly find our level, all right? And we both, and me and Sully, we th- I think this is why you and I work very well together is that, we take very different routes to get there, but we both want the same thing. We both right. we, we just want to see Dayton win the games they're supposed to, go to the tournament, make some runs every once in a while. Like, look, I you know, we don't need to go to the Sweet 16 every year. Would I like that? Very much so. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, right. if you put a piece of paper in front of me and, and gave that to me, like, yeah, I would take that. But like right. I just want to be in the tournament. Like four out of five years, man. Like even if we have like no, no, no hold, on, sh- hold on, hold on, simplify that. No, 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 no. Simplify because crazy, because right crazy now. shit, because crazy <laughs> shit happens in a basketball season. You can have a year where shit goes wrong, injuries, whatever. Yeah. If you, but what I mean is, and what I'm getting at is, if we consistently make the tournament like three years in a row, four years in a row, I can live with a season going off the rails right. now. Right. When the season goes off the rails for three consecutive years. Yeah. I get a little anxious about it. Right. Right. No, no. All I was going to say was like right now in on this day. And you're right. If you make the tournament for the next three years on that fourth year, if it doesn't go our way, it's not going to be as damning. I won't be as as upset about it, obviously. Right. Um, But for me this year, and I will tell you, as we're getting closer to the day, and I remember this in 2020. It's my, it's one of my favorite things about college basketball, man, especially when Dayton's good in seasons like this. And, and I'm an adult and I have the means to do it is I get to start looking at the locations and I get to start saying, all right, I'm going to be at this one and this one and this one maybe can't make it to Spokane. I, and so for me, what I'm looking forward to now um, on February 15th as we're recording is walking into that arena again to watch Dayton play a tournament game because that's that's what it's all about, man. And and you're in, you know, you're in a neutral city and there's, you know, a bunch of other fan bases around and everybody's at the bars. And again, if you haven't done it, like you got to do it because it, it's just yeah. it's different than any other sporting event because of its unique nature. So that's what I'm looking forward to, man. Like, God willing, if it's in my home city of Pittsburgh, good Lord. Oh, that would just that would really cross because that is my shortest distance traveled. I mean, you know, if if the Flyers ended up in in this in Pittsburgh for the NCAA tournament, I'll say it, it would feel like I have been absolved of all the Twitter fights and things <laughs> I've been in over the years. Like you finally I, earned I, it. I finally got the reward for <laughs> building a podcast and making very aggressively low money on it. You know, that would we feel are, like a real we are we are in the I, I call it the logistical phase of the season where right. we're pretty comfortable. We're going to be in. We're going to be in the tournament. You start peeking. You start looking. Where are we at? All right. Like, if Pittsburgh, that's drivable. Like, hotels. Like, what's the situation there? Like, all right, Charlotte. Oh, you know, that's a hub. You, you can probably get a pretty good, easy flight there. You know, things like that. We're yeah. in the logistical phase. And if we are in Pittsburgh, uh, talking out loud live, stay tuned. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll, to- <laughs> we'll totally do a live show if it's in Pittsburgh. I mean, shit. Even if it's in, like, Indy or Brooklyn, I, I don't think the committee would be as brazen as to give us indie like we would have to be in a top four seed and like really earn that location yep. but boy man i had i was looking like pittsburgh's chance there's a real chance i like, think i i agree just keep us out of spokane that's all i that's oh, all i ask I, please I god know. keep we, us out of spokane we do, 
Are we going to do the, the Twitter history for the young fans, or, or do they? Know I think it? we yeah, should. If you, if you don't know why, if you don't know why, uh, me and Let's Sully detest Spokane, Washington. Please listen to Uncle Sully here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll do a history lesson while Drew tees up the the next segment. But again, we have a lot of older fans too. But they remember they remember that day. Um, so this was two thousand and three. Dayton won the A ten tournament. The last time we won the A ten tournament, time. it was on our court at UD Arena. So of course, uh, it was Saturday night. A lot of the guys, uh, if you've heard, if you've been a long time listener of the podcast, Brooks Hall said, you know, they win the uh, the A ten tournament in Dayton. They go to Tim's. Uh, he remembers like riding shirtless for some reason, like out of the sunroof of a Tahoe, like in downtown Dayton. They went to the clubs down there. Crazy night uh, in 03, right? So it was a Saturday night. So then on Sunday, get to the selection show. Dayton pops up as a four seed taking on Tulsa in Spokane, Washington. And Tulsa was a team that also got the auto bid out of the whack that year after they won seven games in a row. They were considered one of the hottest teams coming into the tournament because they went from 15 and nine and completely out of the tournament to getting the auto bid out of the whack, right? So Dayton gets shipped out. I'll never forget. I watched this broadcast live and uh, I looked at my dad as 12 years old and I went, oh, crap. We're going to lose. And I don't know why I thought we were going to lose, I guess, because the team was hot. But sure enough, Dayton did lose to Tulsa. We don't have to recap the whole thing, but 84-71. It was a brutal finish for a very good Dayton team um, that uh, that finished 24-6. and And that was the highest seed at that time that the, the program had reached. So a little history lesson, but back to the program. Yeah, I was I was eight years old when that game happened. So uh, obviously they tipped at like, 11 o'clock or 10 30 Eastern time out there in Spokane. You know, I, I my parents, my parents put me to bed or I was supposed to be in bed and I got up and I go out of my room and my parents' room is right next to there. And they're watching the game on their TV in their bedroom. And I look and I just saw that Dayton was losing to Tulsa. Like, I can't tell you what the score was or how much time was left. I just know Dayton was losing. And I ran back into my bed and I like put the covers over my head I was like, this is just a bad dream. This is just, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and Dayton won. And I woke up the next day and I asked my dad, I was like, dad, 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 did Dayton win? He, he, I'll never forget. It. He just looked down. He just goes, no. And went back to whatever yeah. he was doing. He just goes, no. No. And, no. And I was like, they, darn it. They, abso- so, they absolutely did not. Yeah. The game, the game tipped off late. I think it was like, uh, 950 or something like yeah. that. It, it was late. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I remember my dad. That's the one vivid memory I have of it. See, I, I remember like in those two years, so that was 03 and then 04, they went back to back. Like the one thing I remember about those years is I was right on the fringes of like being able to stay up late because I was like 12 and 13 years yeah. old. And my dad definitely made a point of letting me stay up for both of those games because that game tipped late. And then the next year, 
they played DePaul uh, in DePaul's last trip to the NCAA tournament. Their last tournament victory is against Dayton. More trivia for you younger fans. There you go. And uh, and they played a two overtime game and lost to to DePaul. And that game ended super late, too. So, yeah, random stuff, man. And that's the stuff that, you know, we talk about with like matchups and locations like the matchup will matter the most for Dayton, this Big specific time. Dayton team. But the man, I mean, the location, the tip off matters, too. If you yep. remember, we went to Providence in 2015 that or uh, we played in Columbus. We played Providence. That game got like tipped off at like 1145 local. Uh, that was know? my freshman year. Right, that like was weird stuff that happens. was a wild time, and uh, Ed Cooley's still mad about it. That, he is. Uh, he they is. got put there, and you know what? He might have he might have had a legitimate gripe there, but we'll leave, yeah. we'll leave that for no, we'll leave that for another day. Um, yep. All right, let's whip around the A ten. We talked about Loyola Chicago enough. You know, good for them. They're doing they're doing good things. Uh, Richmond drops a stinker at home to UMass, which I just knew was coming. I knew Richmond would drop a game that they had no business dropping, so they did that. Oh yeah, yeah. ECU coming. is a uh, is your four, so they're your top. There's your top four, and I think it's going to be those four teams, barring an absolute collapse by one of the four. And the only team that I really could see having that kind of collapse is Loyola Chicago. Um, yeah, I got a I got a prediction right now. Richmond's going at George Washington and at Rhode Island this week for our next recording. They will lose one of those games. I'm telling you right now. I like that. I like that prediction. I'm putting it. I'm putting like it out that. there. I'll uh, I'll follow you up. Let's see what Loyola's got on the schedule here coming up because they're you know they're riding high. There's people are starting so, to talk about them. Yeah. So and, you start to talk about Loyola because they're in first place while you look this up. And the other thing that Loyola is benefiting from while you you uh, pull up the schedule is the fact that the sched the unbalanced schedule has really played in Loyola's favor this year. And I'm not like dumping on Loyola anymore. I'm going to keep it a buck. You guys know, keep it. I'm going to keep it honest here, but Loyola only has to like, uh, let's see, sorry. Let me collect this thought. VCU, Dayton, Bonaventure, and uh, 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 Richmond, those four teams, like, you know, arguably the four best teams in the conference, Loyola has to play all of them once. They have no return yep. trips. So, you know, that makes a big difference. It just does. So they go on the road to Rhode Island on this Saturday at noon. A noon game in Kingston. I don't know what that line is, but I'm willing to bet that URI is going to be plus money. Archie, it's, let's ride, baby. I'm, I'm, We're right. riding on Saturday home, with Ryan. Home dogs. Home dogs yeah. against Loyola Chicago. Get Give me all of that candy. I will. I'll stake that claim. There's my prediction. Loyola is going to lose to Archie and Rhode Island. You know how those noon games in Kingston can go. Those things right. can go anywhere. And I, yeah. I think Archie's going to have those boys ready to play. You know, Loyola yeah. kind of starting to feel themselves a little bit. Some of the national writers are talking about what a great story Loyola Chicago is. And I kind of love the spot for Rhode Island on Saturday. So that's kind of where we're at with. Or it's on Sunday. Is, is it a Sunday? It is a Sunday. It's the, okay, so it's that Sunday weird Sunday noon. game that the A10 is contracted even, now. Even better. Even, it is weird. I, I love it even more. Um, yep. So that's pretty much all we really need to cover when it comes to the A10. Uh, St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> how how far the mighty have fallen? Uh, I've kind of I've talked about it before, but Travis Ford, his agent, deserves a raise for yeah, getting man. him a ten million dollar buyout out of St. Louis. That's that's unreal. They are no longer in the basement. They are two and nine. They are second to last behind La LaSalle, who for some godforsaken reason still plays in this league. 
uh, pretty much like all the usual suspects of teams that like, if you just cut, you, you tweeted this out earlier and you're right. And I've held this, this thought as well. The A-10 will never do it. But if you chopped this thing down to 11 teams, how much healthier that would make this league is unreal. Totally, man. And, and that was the whole discussion I was having last night when, when, um, I'm going to be honest, like I didn't watch any games last night. I was, I was at the Penguins game watching them play like shit. Um, diehard Pittsburgh Penguins fan here, but, um, yeah, I didn't watch any games. So I came online after and it was like Loyola won again. And I'm like, and I want to put like the Loyola stuff aside. Like I was just like upset because I'm like, what are those 18 and seven? And they're tied for first place again. It does sound like I'm bashing Loyola, but it's more of an indictment of the A-10 because it just tells you how unhealthy the conference is, right? So, yeah, it, we have this conversation a lot, and it's the, the most the, it's the most obvious solution to our problem, but it's obviously the most unrealistic as well, is that you could chop this conference down and be stronger tomorrow, but, you know, nobody's going to do that. And um, I don't, you know, I don't know the financials on the A-10. That's why I'm fake media. You know, I don't really get into yeah. that. And and I could if I needed to, but we're not, we're not going down that route. I'm no. sure the conference is profitable. That's why they keep bringing on other teams. I said this before. This is a vibe you know. show, not a numbers show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a vibe show. Well, it, it, it's got to be factually accurate. But um, yeah, the, you know, the A-10 is just in, it's a problem because yes, it's a stronger conference than last year, but unfortunately we have, instead of four teams from seven to one twenty, we have like eight. And then the real yeah. issue is there's no teams above 75 except Dayton. That's a huge issue. And it was the same last year and programs like SLU not carrying their weight. I mean, that's as big a problem as anything else. And we all know that. And Dayton's been as much of a factor as the A-10 of the A-10 being down as anyone, right? Yep. But yeah, we are not uh, absolved of this. No, I mean, Dayton, you know, them not making the tournament's been a huge problem for the A-10 as a conference, right? We're the flagship right. conference that can generate the most attention, I think is fair to say. Um, but I, I don't really know what the A-10 can do from here because their strategy seems to be addition. And like you said, if you made LaSalle, Fordham, and Duquesne uh, go to the MAC conference, the Metro Atlantic. If you had them go tomorrow, we would be a stronger conference. If you could get GW into the Colonial, I don't think they're ever coming back. And just those four teams right there, then St. Louis probably gets better year to year because you know yep. they're in a higher league and will get more attention. I mean, yep. I just I don't know what what the solution is at this point because the A10 does not seem willing to show some teams the door. Yeah. And they love to like they love to they've loved to add teams without you know cutting out undercutting some of the lesser ones. So you know here's a proposal. You know Drew, you're a ten commissioner for a day. Okay, uh, temp. I'm gonna I'm calling Temple. I'm calling Temple. And the, hey, get him back here. You you guys want to come back? I think Temple would pick up the phone. And then I'm adding like three more you know little lesser teams. Kind of basically what I'm getting at is get the conference to twenty. And in every league, you can spread this through every sports league that you have. Promotion relegation in every league. So your top 10 basketball programs. You. We've talked about top this. 10 you know, basketball programs. They all play each other. Your bottom 10, they play each other. Top two go up. Top bottom two go down. And that <laughs> like if you, you're down, you, the could, be, hole now. you could be 
so influential with because now all these super conferences are propping up for football. Like the Big Ten's right. gonna have 20 teams, the SEC's gonna have 20. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you want to play some crossover games to get you like a number, like fine. But and and here's the thing: this isn't just a basketball thing. You can do this with baseball, you can do it with soccer, you can do it with volleyball. Well, what I, I this is all I'm gonna throw because we're officially down the rabbit hole and we'll we'll put it back Correct. on basketball here in a second. Um, but what I what I actually see as like a viable option is the A10 and Mountain West just saying we'll have two conference seasons. We'll play the Mountain West until December 31st, and then we'll play A10 games after that. There's nothing that says you can't do that. Not one thing. That's and this sick. year, it, right? And this year, that's kind of sick, right? Like you could have rivalries with all these, you know, all these teams out west. Now again, you're not playing a whole lot of other teams, but we don't fucking play a lot of teams anyway. You know, we're always right. playing like Ole Miss or you know the, the secondary SEC teams, or else you know we go to an exempt tournament, which will still exist. But think about that. Like you could have, we had a 10, we had a 10 game um, non-conference season, right? And the Mountain West is the most comparable conference to us, right? Uh, well, right now there's 11 teams in the Mountain West. So you could have hypothetically played everybody in the Mountain West one time before you got to conference play. I've just, tell me, tell me what's wrong with that plan. You tell me. Outside of travel logistics, nothing. Because hey, that's sorry. a lot of tra- that's a lot of travel, and I'm not you know Dayton can handle that kind of stuff. I'm kind of talking about right, everyone else, right, but right. But I I hear what you're I I I like what you're putting down there. That's a that's a sick idea too. Anyway, like that's that's kind of where we're at with the A10. We're I'm just so frustrated with this freaking conference because man, when I was in school and the couple years before I got to Dayton, like A10 basketball was freaking awesome. There were like yeah. six teams every year, and then they weren't going to get six teams in. But it always felt like there were six teams every year that were like four of these are going to make the tournament, maybe five. And on the the one the one top the one off was when they got six. I I will say this, and, and I'll I'll pivot the conversation here. Sure. The number one thing that has has impressed me about let's call them the new fans because I have to kind of recognize that there's like a new era yep. of fans that have come in right and they pretty sure. much only know Grant or the success that Archie left right um because I I have to kind of check myself it's been me too uh, 15 15 years since I was a freshman and it's school right but the thing that I'm so impressed with and this is what Archie Miller gave to the program that has a lasting legacy is that he brought the students back and he got student interest back to a level that has never dropped off since. And I give him so much credit for that because when I was in school and the years before that, like when Brian Gregory was, was a coach, the students showed up for the big games. And if it was like a weeknight against Charlotte, the student section was mostly full downstairs, maybe a couple people upstairs, maybe. Yep. And the people that sat in the 200s, they weren't waving shit. It was like my buddy's girlfriend and her friends, and they just went because it was like some fun stuff to do. You know, it was more of like a social yep. event, right? right? But like, look at it now, man. It's insane. Like you saw, we're playing Duquesne in like a virtually meaningless game for Dayton, okay? Yep. And it was absolutely packed. They all the little light things and they're doing the like the you know, the students are going nuts, they're doing the chance, they have the EDM, like the energy in the building just because of what the students do now, it's night and day where it used to be like 10 years ago. 
And that's why I say, like, I give Archie a ton of credit because even like in the Elite Eight season, there were January games where the student section was not full in 2014. That is a mm-hmm. fact. Yep. And then we started winning consistently. Just something kind of yep. changed. And then 2020 really set it over the edge where people started to realize, hey, you know, it is really fun when Dayton's good. And and the rest is history. So I wanted to shout that out because I don't give enough credence to it. And like I should because every single game now, you know, like I'm not traveling to Dayton this Saturday. I could. We're playing Ford and they suck. I just can't. I can't do that. Right. It's yeah. just. I have other shit going on. If people wanted to go, I would go. But the student section will be full to play for oh, yeah. on Saturday. Like, It'll be 400s will be full. So that, exactly. It's Saturday noon game. And, uh, you know, I haven't looked at the forecast, but if the weather is nice, forget about it. Like, exactly. those kids are going to be up at 9 a.m. getting ready to roll, and they're going to roll on Saturday. I will not be at the game on Saturday as well, but I can imagine that that place will, will be jumping for, like you said, a game against Fordham. And even when right. I got to school there, in 2014, off the heels of the Elite Eight run, there were a couple like weeknight games in the A10 when we were playing like George Washington, who wasn't very good. Where right. I got to the arena like 15, and this is when the first you know first come first serve ticketing was going, like had just started. Like I was showing up to the arena 15 minutes before the game, and I was pretty much in the second to last row of the front section. Like nowadays, like you got to be. You got to be outside the doors like an hour and a half before tip if you want right. to be in the the lower section. And right. I you know, there's more that goes into cultivating a program than just being the X's and O's coach. And I think it, you know, and some people will roll the, roll their eyes at me for this, but I'm just going to say it anyway, is that Grant's done a very very good job of cultivating a program. And yeah, does his X's and O stuff leave some to be desired? Sure. Yeah, it does. Like I'll 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 say that. Yeah, it does. But at the same time, fan interest has never waned despite the fact that we haven't made the NCAA tournament technically since 2017. We would have made it in 2020, but we didn't get there. But even through all these lean years, the the the, the turnout and the students are all there, they're always there. And no matter who they're playing, what night, even some of those like non-con games on a Wednesday night were right. Like Grambling State, Grambling State was full. I remember it was right. It's nutty. nutty. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I wouldn't even go to games like that when I was in school. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. and I'm as you know, you know me. I'm as diehard as they come. Right. And even like there were a couple Thursday night games where we were playing, you know, South Directional State, and I was like, Nah, man, I'm good. Let's go to Bargos instead. Right. Let's just watch the game there. Like we're gonna yeah. win by forty. Who cares? And yeah, but yeah. that's but I and I think there's there's more to being a college basketball coach than just the X's and O's. And I know people will roll their eyes at me for that comment, but whatever. It's how I no, feel. So you know, we we can do like a little bit of grand talk because like I haven't in a while. Um, and you know, there's there's a bunch of people that need to come around and say like we were right, and you you know ignore the last three years. Um, but yeah, it's like. I I actually have grown I've grown really tired of like the whole Anthony Grant debate because Buddy, people I've been tired have of it for two years. Yeah, we've been tired of it for years because we had to like do this while we were shitty and there's nothing else to talk right. about. But like again, it, it's kind of the same thing we always talk about. Like the the book's out on Grant. Like everybody knows who he is. They everybody knows the kind of style he likes to run. There was a video posted um, recently that brought back to my attention is from Jordan Sperber. If you don't know him, go check him out. He does really good like X's and O's basketball content. 
but he had a video from 2021 of you know slip screens at the top of the key and you you could look at and behold you could put that film right next to games right now and it would be exactly the same slip yeah. screens at the top of the key to get the ball down low and then we run action off of that like that's grant offense 101 right yeah. um and and then you know grant's a great recruiter he's always brought in great talent we're developing big men like year over year now that's becoming a brand you know of dayton basketball yeah. and um and the building obviously is too so it's like if you've planted your flag on one side or the other, like, I know I'm not going to change your mind. Um, I just, it, it, cause I'm kind of like, there's nothing to argue about. He is what he is. If we get yep. talent, enough talent on the team t- to kind of overcome some of the things that have always been grants deficiencies, we'll have successful teams. If we don't, it'll look like the last three years. And it's, it's really yep. that simple. So I, I, um, I haven't really gotten into it, um, you know, with people too and much. Nor have I. And I, I, I made the decision, going into the season that I wasn't going to get into the grant debate with anybody because like you said, your their flag is already planted. I already know where you stand on this issue. There's nothing I can say short of Dayton going out and going undefeated. Right. That's going to change your mind. Even, even with the, what the record is now and how they've played this year, there are still people that like would get rid of him at the drop of a hat. And I think that if he needs fired, it'll be clear. Let me put it that cor- way. Correct. If he ever and needs I, fired, it'll be abundantly clear to you. Yes. And, it, and it when that day been. comes and when that day comes, like <laughs> hand over heart, honest to God, like I will say that. Like I'm yeah, not right. But I, I will say that. What? But we're not there. We aren't. Yeah. We are not. Nor, ha- nor have we been. We're and, closer you know. to him taking and this won't happen, but we're closer to him taking a new job than we are from firing. him. And that right. I think is the truth. So his legacy that, here is always so funny to me, man. Like, it will be very like, complicated, but I think when right. with time, with time, we'll look back on the tenure of Anthony Grant wherever it may end. It may end after this year, may end in five, whatever. I think we'll look back at this era of Dayton basketball very fondly, despite as frustrating as it was and it has been at times. God, if we can, if if we can, well. And again, the story's still being written. So after, let's see after this year how fondly sure. I look back. <laughs> sure, sure. And if we yeah, go out like 2017, I will not be. And like I back said, too and if if it doesn't, well, it was a bad take on a podcast. Heaven knows, I'm not the first person <laughs> to ever have one of those. Yeah, so, we've had a few of those. Too. We've had a few. Yeah. We've, I've there. I I don't remember everything I say on this show, but I've had some ones where I'm like, wow, that was that was really stupid, wasn't it? But that's um, part of the fun, man. What's the point of doing a show like this? If you're not willing to have a bad take every once in a while, like who cares? Yeah, I'm the one with the yeah. microphone in my hand, not you. Like, <laughs> how many bad take? How many bad takes do you think people have had? Like just shooting the shit in the bar. Like how oh, many bad takes dude. have you had? I, I will give you an aside real quick. I, I just said this to my buddies the other day. They were like, we were talking about you know the podcast and and uh, like I wasn't doing it as much. This was like a few months ago, right? And they're like, and we were talking about like what I miss and then like stuff that I got really tired of. <laughs> and this is like brutal honesty. But I was like, you know, I was like, it is kind of tiring to be held accountable for every single thing that comes out of your mouth. It really is. Try yeah. it sometime. You, you in your daily life, if you were accountable for every single thing that came out of your mouth, it'd be a lot more tiring. And I, you know, having to do it even an hour a week is sometimes tiring, but I, I must digress. Do you want trivia tonight? I brought some trivia. Yes. I would love some. You do? I got a couple. I got a couple. Uh, Dayton lost in February. I keep track of this every year because it was a stat I found a long time ago. And uh, and it's a weird one. Um, 
Guess how many undefeated Februaries Dayton has had since 1972? Undefeated Februaries, month of February. One. I'm going to go four. No, two. 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 Only two. So the 2020, 2020, obviously. You start. What was the other one? Right. Uh, the 2017 team did not lose in February. Uh, they went from January 31st to March 4th without a That's loss. That's right, because I remember, uh, it's funny you say this, because you br- this unlocked a memory. I remember, I forget who we were playing, but we played awesome. And it was like right towards the end of February. And one of my friends, like one of my buddies, who was very casual, Dayton basketball, you know, he was there, he was going because he was a student. He was like, man, like we're going to be like awesome when we hit the tournament. Like we're so good. And I was kind of like... I don't know, man. We might be peaking too early here. Like yeah, I, re- really I did. vividly remember that, and yeah, yeah. sure enough, we we dropped. A, I think we lost the game in March to someone bad, and then we yeah, laid we an lost egg to George in Washington. The, that's it. Yeah. We lost to G Dub, yeah. and then we laid an egg in the A ten tournament against Davidson in and Pittsburgh, then, and then we drew, and then we drew Wichita State, and I was like, real game, and Brutal I turned game. out to be right, and I was like, God. So yes, that does make sense. That's. February and I feel like that would be an interesting thing to dig into with like everybody right what what was your February record because this truly is the dog days of the college basketball season where you're kind of you're kind of in the the two-week Super Bowl hype is like right at the beginning of the month and then the Super Bowl ends and it's like we're at March Madness but we got to wait two more weeks until we get there Right. And like though that four week stretch, like I God, that's interesting. I might spend an hour researching like what teams February records were in past seasons. It's very interesting. Okay, you have another one. You're right. You're right. And this is like the dog days. I was looking at my calendar and and these like three weeks are, are gonna be particularly brutal because um outside of losing to Fordham on Saturday at George Mason, Davidson, then Loyola, and then you know, the Duquesne game that we just had. Like, none of those are really going to, like... Like, you weren't really worried about beating Duquesne, and then they didn't. Yeah. You're not really worried about beating Fordham. And then the other games, if you when you lose one, it's not going to hurt Dayton too much. So, yeah, right. it has been kind of brutal. But then after that, obviously, we get uh, get that last week with St. Louis and then VCU, and then um, and then we're off, you know? So it's like, I, I, I kind of... I knew that these three weeks were going to be the most brutal because it, it's like that for everybody, even if you're in a big conference, right? If you're in the big... Look at 10, Kansas! Right. You lose some games. Okay. So what? You know, you go play the next night. Yeah. Um, anyway, Fordham's coming in on Saturday. So, you know, I got to do my series trivia. It is the 34th meeting between Dayton and Fordham since Dayton joined the conference. I always start there in 1995. What is Dayton's record in 33 meetings against Fordham? 30 and three. Pretty close, twenty nine and four. Late Dayton's last loss was the the aforementioned twenty twenty one loss. Before that, you have to go back all the way to two thousand six. And as it has been stated many times before, the Fordham Rams have never prospered and gotten a victory on the home floor at UD Arena. You know, it's it's funny. May they never the 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 COVID year, the 2020-2021 season. It's pretty remarkable. I have blocked like all of that out of my memory bank. I couldn't give you like one detail of that season anymore. Like I'm sure if I went back and looked at box scores and like watched some highlights and stuff, I could unjog some memories, but man, you want to talk about a season that I just couldn't get into and like, couldn't 
tell you anything about other than appreciating the fact that we got to watch Jalen Crutcher play 20-ish more games for the University of Dayton. Like, yeah. there really wasn't much there. <laughs> no, it was awful, dude. It, that was such a depressing season. And, and, and again, and like, I, and people hate to hear it, but, like, I truly do. Like, it takes a lot for me to, like, I don't throw out the the past two seasons with it, the injuries and what happened. Like, we, we made our bed. We had to lay in it. That year, right. I truly do throw out. Like, that no one like nobody go ask coaches around the, the America how they handled that year. And they'll tell you like that, that year, that year didn't even count. Well, and, and I think I, I hate to throw the year out because again, there was other programs that just bounced back and prospered, but here's the, sure. here's the real nuance take here. Okay. I'll give it to you straight. Is that the, the human being aspect that comes into play when you talk about the 2021 season is that on that roster, okay, you had Jalen Crutcher, you had Ibby Watson, you had Rodney Chapman, and then, t- you know, to a degree, uh, 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 his name's escaping me. Did Jerry leave by the name? Uh, Jerry left. So let's just stay, stay right there, okay? Is that you had Crutcher, Ibby, Chapman, all right, those three guys who were the core of the 2021 team. And they had just come off one of the best seasons in program history. I'm sure the best season of basketball success, all of them had seen to that point. And you fast forward nine months and they're playing in an empty arena for a team that they know is nowhere near as good. And then you face a little adversity, you lose the LaSalle and then you're doing wind sprints at halftime against Fordham. And all of a sudden the season's yep. over because Again, just think about the human aspect. There's no basketball player in the world that could take the floor and be like, no, like we're going to dominate like we did last year. Like, no, they know what that level looks like. And to go from that level with the added absurdity that was COVID, yes, I will say, you know, all this with hindsight, that that year was a little bit more unique to Dayton, and I can see why it unraveled. But, you know, I, I hate to throw it out, but I do understand why it was unique to Dayton. No doubt about yeah, it. Maybe throw out was the wrong verbiage to use there. But it is like, what it is. Yeah, on it we is move, what, sir. On We're going to make That's the tournament right. this year. That's <laughs> right. We are we are heading. We are heading to the NCAA tournament. And folks, that is that's all we've been asking for on this program since Damn those right. days. Damn uh, right. We're going to close it out here. Uh, one final note. There will be a beer giveaway. It will be the VCU game it? in March. We're doing the March VCU game. It's pretty much only the nice last viable option we really have. So yeah, we're right. going to do that. Uh, you know him on Twitter as Black Rudy Flyer. Solomon has graciously offered to help us out here. Uh, I believe he's been in touch with Tim's to do the, uh, you know, we'll buy up what we can for the beer the giveaway. And then yep. and then they will match for, for a tab at Tim's for all the students. So that I know, I know that's been hot on people's minds. Is the beer giveaway going to happen again? I'm getting hailed down in the streets of Cincinnati. Drew, 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 the beer giveaway. Is it going to happen again? Yes. Fair the streets are talking. Is, the streets are talking and they are confirming that the beer giveaway will be happening. Further details will be coming to light in the coming weeks where you can donate, uh, how to get involved, uh, students, how to get your free case of beer delivered by Yours truly and a couple other fine, fine folks. So stay tuned to my Twitter feed, Sully's Twitter feed, Black Rudy Flyers Twitter feed, uh, the Talking Out Loud Twitter feed. Stay tuned to all those for more details to follow. 
Uh, that's pretty I much the only there. note I have. Sully, uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm sorry I can't be there, man. Uh, I actually plan. Your legacy will be- live on. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited that you guys are gonna gonna keep this going, man. It's it's cool because when you when you relinquish duties like this, you always hope that like people are going to keep doing stuff, but I was never going to make anybody do this very childish beer giveaway that I started five years ago. But like, truth be told, I started the beer giveaway as like a guerrilla marketing thing. Cause I just thought it'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah. And at that time, uh, what did I, I guess the first season was like 2019, maybe feels I right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was, I feel like it was the first know, year we started talking out loud. Yeah, maybe no, because I was still it was still BBR podcast in 2020. Was it? So yeah, maybe yeah, that was, it was it. Maybe, it? Yeah. So you know, I started as grill marketing stuff because I was like, what better way to get like students? Because I was never like, how do I get students to listen to the right. show? And um, and that was the thing I came up with, but it kind of worked perfectly because the first year I was like, if you have a basketball ticket and you live in the ghetto, so I had to have both of those things. If you remember, like the first year was only like 20 or 25 beer cases, which was like manageable pretty it was good no problem it was fun and we got caught caught up because like we started stopping into houses to have drinks and like you can't do that because you got to do go all these houses <laughs> you can't have 25 drinks going to these houses so then you know this last year we were a well-oiled machine which just shows that we've we've really put time and effort into this you know two cars i think we hit like 95 houses yep. last year um we opened the floodgates like once we said you didn't have to have a basketball ticket then just like everybody with a house would just send it around and be like hey this guy named sully and it's funny like the reactions you get from students because somebody's in on it in like the group and then sometimes there's like a whole other group that's not in on it and they're like why is this fucking old guy like delivering beer to our front yard again oh okay cool yeah yeah i had several of those because (laughs) obviously i was involved as well I'd knock yeah. on the door and I get a Sully, Sully's yeah. here. And then they open the door and it's my ugly ass face. I'm like, yeah, oh man, not Sully, but here's your freaking beer case, man. I'm sorry. I can't grow a beard, man. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I yeah, like, I, I'm excited. You guys are you're going to keep it going. Yes, we, um, we will be. Uh, as I said, further details will be coming uh, in the coming weeks. So uh, anything else? No, that's it for me, man. We're we're in the dog days, like we said. Um, keep it all in perspective. We're looking through the lens of March now at the Flyers. What are their weaknesses? What can teams take away from us in the NCAA tournament? That's what I'm looking for, right? Like, yep. how does Dayton become the best version of themselves? Because they had the good offense in the in the non-con, and now they have a good defense in the conference play and the offense taking a step back. So I think they just they got to figure out how to have a consistent 40 minute effort and everybody will be yep. impressed with it. There's no doubt about it. So they they have the opportunities to do it. This little game is shaping up uh, a like a one. nice test. It's shaping up mm-hmm. like a very nice test right before the NCAA tournament and the conference tournament. So I like the way things are playing out, man. But we got to get through these next I, two weeks. I agree. We've, we've yeah. got some we've got some nice tests there at the end of the season to get us ready for what lies ahead uh that's right he's sully i'm drew sully we have two words on this show i'm pretty sure you know them they are air red be loud you heard the man go flyers see you next week presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.